0: today we are doing a unique episode very unique a very unique episode it is tosca and shady (laughs) and today it is a little intimate interview where we are going to be interviewing each other i was
1: just about to do dun dun dun
0: (laughs) maybe both (laughs) I'm excited
1: for the one-on-one, though. Like, I feel like I usually do better in one-on-ones. I feel like when there's a lot of people, I can get easily overwhelmed. So, Mm -hmm.
0: excited. Mm -hmm. And we know each other really well. So, it's going to be really fun to ask you probing questions when I already know you so well. Oh, goodness.
1: (laughs) I'm so bad at coming up with things, like, on the fly. So, I feel like this episode is going to be strange, but in a good way.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we should tell them our story. Wait, what story? How we met. Oh, that story. (laughs) Our story, babe. I love story.
1: (laughs) Should you kick it off or should I? Yeah,
0: okay. So back in 2017, 2016. I think it was 2016. Wow, crazy. So we were both in a Facebook group called Mystical Friendship Club. (laughs) Shout out to Mystical (laughs) Friendship Club. Um, And uh, yeah, so I think it was... I think it was probably 2017 that you posted a Mm -hmm. job opportunity.
1: Yes, it was for Love by Luna. I had just kind of gotten it off the ground, and I was packing and shipping all the orders myself. And I was like, okay, like I feel like I need help with this. I need to grow the business, so I just put out like a little post on, yeah, mystical friendship club, and I think it was something like, I just need someone to come over, like. Once a week for a few hours, I can pay, like, 50 bucks. Like, it wasn't, like, too much, but I was just, you know, throwing it out there, seeing if anyone responded and i think you were the only person who responded so good <laughs> i was trying to be all official and
0: i was like oh i must now interview her to make sure that she's was i remember right the in. interview you took me to the roof
1: <laughs> <So> i was <laughs> like
0: she's going to throw me off i don't know what's happening <laughs>
1: intimidation factor was high but i i didn't know what the hell i was doing honestly i was probably more nervous than you were i don't know oh if it God. came off I that way i love that we
0: were both nervous yeah i think
1: i made you like bring like a piece of mail or like show me your identification or oh something. Well just because I was like if someone's coming in my home once a week, mm-hmm. you know, I wanna mm-hmm. make sure like I trust them and I like know where they live and stuff in case yeah. I have to like hunt them down.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good move. Um I definitely am a delicate flower and I would never be that person. No, You're like the most
1: trustworthy person ever, (laughs) but still my paranoid ass was like, yeah.
0: And it was like really good timing because I was on a TV show that had just gotten canceled. And so I was like, oh, well, um, I have no job anymore. So, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, witchcraft, uh, Making spell candles, making potions was something I was doing on a very small scale, and I had no idea how to like run a business. And here comes Shady, who is the most (laughs) badass business bitch ever, and takes me under her wing. Didi, I remember your, um,
1: I think your candle business then was Luna Moth. Yeah, Luna Moth spell candles. I was loved by Luna. I was like, the Luna connection. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But honestly, like, I'm so grateful I met you that way because I feel like we've been able to balance working together in many different ways, which like just prior experience with people, it's really hard doing that, especially when Mm -hmm. dynamics change and what you want to do with the business and everything else. But just... That aside, like, we've remained such good friends throughout yeah. it all.
0: Yeah. I, like, I remember, like, we we definitely had, like, business relationship first. And mm-hmm. then we had the nail decal oh adventure God. of a lifetime. Um, and then we got really close through that experience. But I feel really grateful because I've always valued creative collaboration with my friends. And to a fault, I often will reach out to friends and be like, do you want to do this creative project with me? And it's very Mm -hmm. Gemini of me. Like I'm just always wanting to play in that way. And, um, sometimes you have to realize like certain friends, like you just don't have the best like chemistry for a working relationship Mm -hmm. and you have to like navigate those boundaries. And I feel like we've always just had like a really easeful relationship as friends, balancing Mm -hmm. business, balancing creativity, balancing just like all the fun things. And so Mm -hmm. it's always been great. I know, (laughs) I think
1: communication definitely is key in any type of relationship, but just like creating a space where people feel comfortable to, you know, say how they feel without like, Mm -hmm. you know, being scared of like, oh no, they're going to be mad or anything. It's just, I want to know, you know, how everyone's feeling. So I think that's helped us out a lot.
0: Yeah. But we, we had to make 7,000. Oh yeah. We should tell people what
1: the nail decal thing is. So the nail decal story. So Love
0: by Luna offers really cute nail decals and there was a huge wholesale order Mm -hmm. for, who was it? It was for goddess provisions.
1: It Mm -hmm. was like for 6,000 or 7,000 nail decals. And nail decals are essentially like little, like temporary tattoos, kind of like stickers that you can put on your nails. Mm -hmm. But I was just printing them out on my printer. We had to cut them out. We had to package them. So there were about eight or nine different steps for each one. Oh my God.
0: Homemade (sighs) nail decals times 7,000. Yeah. Between two gals and We did it in like 10 days. Was Kelsey there to help out? I
1: don't think that he was. I think it was just me and you. Yeah. But we, manual labor can take you to some interesting places. That honestly, it broadened (laughs) my horizons of what I'm able to accomplish. But yeah, it was like a painfully arduous, like, but kind of trance like meditative state. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, like, was it delusional or was it transcendent?
1: I think a little bit both? of both,
0: <laughs> but honestly, I think about it and
1: I'm like all the people in China that are doing the exact same, yeah, the exact same motion and task, and like, okay, so we went through that for like maybe a week ish, and I like almost lost my mind. Yeah. So maybe you just get to so far of a point where you mm-hmm. actually just, you mm-hmm. know, are out of body. Yeah. I feel like that might be the only way that you can kind of. Deal with it. Yeah, I
0: think the I think also the stress of the time constraint played a huge factor as well because there was a deadline, and I feel like actually those tasks because I was doing the nail decals and Mm -hmm. packing the crystals and doing all those things. Like at a time, I was like, "Oh well, this is mindless." And then there was a moment where I realized it was actually really mindful. Mm -hmm. My brain would relax in a certain way i would flow through the repetition of these mm-hmm. actions and then somehow like i just got all these good ideas or mm-hmm. really interesting thoughts and it was just uh yeah just a really bizarre experience.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting because you almost surrender to this different like mental state that almost allows you to Mm -hmm. think in different ways, like maybe not even on like a super conscious level. But I feel like normally, you know, the noise of the day, all of our things that we need to do, those are all running through our heads. But then (laughs) when you're just doing the decals for hours, it kind of like suspends all those thoughts in the back of your head and you can, I don't know, think about other things. So yeah, yeah, maybe if people are having creative blocks, they could just, you know, do. a little repetitive task but there is something enjoyable about seeing things come together like mm-hmm. piece by piece like that's how i feel about cooking it's kind of like mm, yeah. going through the different steps and you know taking your time well with the decals i guess we were rushing a bit but normally
0: <laughs> taking your time yeah no i i totally relate i'm finding the same kind of like meditation in my sourdough Yes, Um, Baker Supreme. I baked a rosemary sourdough loaf this morning. And she smells like it too, which
1: is amazing. (laughs) It's making my place smell like it.
0: Just waft in the the scent of bread (laughs) everywhere I go. Um, But yeah, so today we are going to interview each other, but just like in a, just like in a, you know, casual way, but also like like FBI sort of investigators, I feel
1: like I need like an overhead light that I can just shine (laughs) down on you. But yeah, we'll go through some questions. We may or may not stick to them. We'll see where it takes us.
0: So I'm actually going to copy one of my favorite interviewers from Mm -hmm. her podcast, which is On Being by Krista Tippett. She always asks her guests, what was your spiritual beginnings? And kind of like, how were you raised spiritually? Mm hmm. Okay,
1: so spiritual beginnings, I was brought up Christian, but I feel like I was introduced to religion in a very chill way. Mm-hmm. It was never really forced upon me like from my parents, which I know many people have had the opposite experience. So I can understand why people have, you know, mm-hmm. they're not about it. But um, even when I was in high school and stuff, and I started being like, hey, I don't really want to wake up early to go to church on Sunday. Like mm-hmm. I'm just not going to go. <laughs> and I didn't get any pushback from my parents. They weren't like, oh my God, you need to go. Like they were just kind of very like, do what you want to do. And mm-hmm. because of that, I feel like it almost made me, you know, more curious and kind of open about it. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like my dad has always embodied a lot of like, I guess the good quote unquote like Christian principles, mm-hmm. you know, just not Just loving everyone, not being judgmental, you know, like, not believing that, like, gay people, like, go to hell, that stuff, you know? Um, So, yeah. Your dad is
0: so sweet. I really love your family.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love yours, too. But, um, yeah, I do believe in God. I feel like I've always... Had faith in something greater. Maybe it's just like the Pisces in me, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very easy for me to believe in things, which makes me (laughs) gullible sometimes. But I don't know if I fully believe in like 100% like christian god and that you yeah, know yeah it's like how do people like that are born somewhere where they're never ever introduced christianity you know they have no contact with that like oh they're going to hell because like they haven't accepted jesus when they don't even know like mm-hmm. who that is mm-hmm. like that doesn't really make sense to me but i am interested in exploring other types of religions and i'm wanting to study those i got like the inkling to kind of do that during last Sagittarius season, I Ooh. was like, I want to study other stuff, and I haven't made that much progress. I like. What, just what are not-
0: some of the other uh, things that you want to study? Um. Well, just basically
1: all different religions, just because I feel like only studying one is kind of limiting and insular. I feel like there's things to be learned from all of them, and just all different types of people. So my friend um lent me a book on Buddhism that I've yet to start, but I will soon. But I think I kind of got away from like the actual question of like the spiritual beginnings.
0: Did I answer that? Yeah, I know you, you did answer that. Yeah. And it's it's funny, like, because I have my own answer to this, but like, do you believe in God in the same kind of way as you did when you were young? Like do you have the same vision of God or has it evolved into like another
1: I think in some ways, yes, in some ways, no. It's kind of how I feel about like myself, not that I am God, but in the sense of like you look back on yourself and you're like, I'm the same in some ways, but Mm -hmm. I've definitely grown and I'm different in other ways. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I feel like maybe God is a little bit more, I don't know, fleshed out, (laughs) so to speak, instead of just like this dude with like a beard or something like that, you know, I'm, I'm... open to, I guess, like a, a more expansive mm-hmm. vision of God.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I um, I recently started, actually, no, I've been doing this pretty much my whole life, but like I recently realized that I was doing it more consistently, mm-hmm. which is um, saying the Shema, which is like a Jewish prayer before I go to sleep, which is mm-hmm. what I was, taught to do when I was a child and it's something that's brought me comfort again just to like do that before I fall asleep Mm -hmm. and it's funny because it's like obviously I am very open to you know paganism and a more expansive eclectic spiritual belief now. But at the same time, I think there always will be part of me. Maybe it's like my inner child's that has a relationship with this primary God image. Mm-hmm. And it to me, I'm I wasn't raised Christian. So it's not uh, you know, a guy with a beard. Right. Because I think like Jewish culture, you don't you don't really you're not taught that. I think maybe it happens to some people no matter what, because of like culture and movies mm-hmm. and You know, images, but like I always felt it was an energetic masculine. It definitely was more of a masculine energy. Yes. So I agree. It's interesting how that is, though. Right. You know, because Mm -hmm. like it is very recent that we live in a patriarchal religious reality when for so many years, like before Christ, there were a lot of matriarchal, goddess based. Mm -hmm. religions and spiritual cults basically. So yeah, it's just kind of weird how there are trends with faith. Mm -hmm. What's trending right now? What is trending right now?
1: (laughs) But I feel like with your um, prayer stuff too that you mentioned, I do feel like in times where I've felt down or hopeless or kind of just like, fuck, what am I going to do? I feel like I have turned to prayer and it has Mm -hmm. really brought me comfort whether or not, someone is listening. Mm. I just feel like being able to express how I'm feeling and, you know, just get it out there really helps. So Mm. yeah, I would like to do that a little bit more. And I usually try to start out like any prayers with just like, this is what I'm thankful for instead of just being like, God, please like help me out. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's also nice to have faith in those moments. Like Mm -hmm. I think that's why religion is such a huge part of culture and society is that like, you know, being a human is really weird and difficult and challenging and heartbreaking and incredible and all of the things. And it really is nice to have faith as a resource to be an ally basically for your life.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But it's okay when some people don't have that, too. Like, if there's atheists listening, like, that's badass, too. And I think, like, you still have faith in yourself, Mm -hmm. so it just manifests in a different way, maybe? Yeah. No, I think so.
1: You know, I also thought that Jesus seems like a pretty chill dude. Mm -hmm. I just have to put that out there. (laughs) Like, chilling with, you know, like, the prostitutes and the lepers and, like, the downtrodden, like... How many people do that nowadays? Like, you know, know. you walk by homeless people and you're like, you have like a reaction of like, oh, no, like get away from me, which is like, I feel like a lot of us, you know, consider ourselves good people, but I was just thinking about myself the other day, you know, like whenever I do walk by and they're asking for money, like I don't always give. And I'm just like, I could just give a dollar. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. what's what's up with this? And why is this just so the norm of like,
0: oh, you're a homeless person, get away from me. Yeah, I think that's like what, My main issue with Christianity has always been is that, like, for the most part, most expressions of Christianity, they don't practice what they preach.
1: No, and hypocrisy is, there's just so much hypocrisy. It's like, I I, I agree with, you know, a good amount of the things they're teaching, you know, be kind, be loving, all this other stuff, like, sounds good, but Mm -hmm. when you're doing, like, the exact opposite of it and beating people over the head the other half yeah
0: yeah yeah. but Jesus was incredible I am a huge fan of Jesus and I think that some people in spiritual communities also use the term Yeshua Mm -hmm. which is just another name um and I recently read Uh, or have been reading the past year, the Magdalene Manuscript. And it's a channeled book of Mary Magdalene and her relationship with Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And she's a sex magic practitioner, temple priestess of Isis. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mother Mary lady also was a temple priestess of Isis, but not in the sex magic way, but like in another um, expression of devotion to the goddess Isis. And it's... Just really beautiful to me to see how sex magic probably was an element to their relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, this could be true, this could not be true, but I don't think that really matters. I think that it's just a really evolved way of connecting to Jesus, an evolved way connecting to the teachings of Jesus mm-hmm. and how they got Jesus basically to that ascended place and it was through their work doing sex magic together mm-hmm. and I just like I'm so in love with this book and it, it's taking me a long time because I really want to integrate all of the the teachings but it's yeah if you're interested in that it's really beautiful wait what is it called again That's sounds- on the Magdalene manuscript got it mm-hmm. okay gonna check that out That's yeah super interesting yeah it's it's a little woo at times but I love it <laughs> I like woo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: Talking about the woo stuff, I can ask you next question. Oh, yeah. So what is a mystical path that you're curious to explore?
0: Mm. I've been exploring more magic with a K.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So some of the early 20th century beliefs that came out of the order of the golden dawn so um i've been trying to work on the middle pillar ritual and um doing the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram and for me it's been a really cool way to connect to my judaism as well and i think Mm -hmm. i talked about this in the episode with salvatore um (laughs) salvatore with sal um (laughs) it's so weird saying his full name um talking about how like kabbalah is such a huge part of that magic and it's um yeah it's just a really fun reclamation but i'm also really drawn to exploring more how science connects to spirituality Mm -hmm. because i've been on witch talk i've been on witch talk a lot it's been really fun and there are so many quantum physics Uh, ideologies that integrate into spiritual beliefs. I'm just more drawn to kind of discovering some of the more science-spirituality connections because Mm -hmm. I think physics really is the answer because it it's about matter. It's about energy. And that's like right. really connected to our spirituality because we're, you know, as we, you know, have these episodes on the podcast, we're talking about, you know, energy work right. and, um, you know, raising our vibration, changing our intention, our actions, mm-hmm. manifesting. Like a lot of these concepts are present in science and I've always felt that, but I would really love to kind of dig deeper and start to understand it in a more profound way. Right. I'm
1: just like, damn you, science and math. I just can't escape you no matter what. (laughs) Like I try to go into other things, like even music and stuff, but that gets very uh, mathematical and everything Mm -hmm. too. And I'm just like, Yeah, it
0: does. I was talking to my friend about the golden ratio Mm -hmm. and she was telling me about that equation is literally present in everything. So if Mm -hmm. you wanted to, you could do sacred geometry and it really is like science and math. Our God. I'm thinking about eyebrows when you talk about the golden ratio. Oh, like
1: just, are our eyebrows golden ratio? <laughs> Actually, I don't know, but there <laughs> definitely are like certain like ratios and dimensions of like where like the tail should end and Whoa. like where it should start. That's a completely oh different subject.
0: Though. Yeah. I know that what we were talking about the other night was that sunflowers have the golden ratio, which is mm-hmm. so cool because it's, the solar plexus—it's the sun, the sun, golden. It just—it all lines up. It's so cool. Me that way. Yeah, but what about you? What what other spiritual paths are calling to you?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I kind of answered it a little bit in the last one, just in that I do want to kind of explore more religions and mm-hmm. you know studying them a little bit more closely. So definitely that. And then I think just, you know, with like Love by Luda and Moonbox and everything, I feel like I have to know like a tiny little bit about all the different mystical things. So like I've dipped my toe into a bunch of them, but I would say one of the ones that I don't know as well would probably be like all the gods and goddesses and deities, which I guess kind of goes with religion a little bit in a Mm -hmm. sense. So I would say, yeah, just that kind of whole sphere.
0: I think it's really fun that we can explore and continue to learn new things throughout our lives. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure in the spiritual worlds to be an expert in everything or to, you know, I don't know. Just have the right information. Yeah. To have like the right information and to like be the most knowledgeable. And I think that, um, it's one thing when you go around like preaching something or going around and saying you're a coach or a Mm -hmm. guide and, If you take on that, you have to know the responsibility that comes with it. But I think like if you have the mindset of a lifelong learner, Mm -hmm. that spirituality really becomes more of a wonderland and a lot more fun and is more nourishing than uh, constricting. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like so many people, myself included, are very focused on, you know, knowing all the right information when it comes to a lot of the magical stuff. And I mean, when I'm making Graphics for Love by Luna, I do want to research to make sure that I have mm-hmm. it right. But I feel like in some ways, it is scary, like putting your own... Thoughts and practices out there, because then just some random person comes along and it's just like, Mm -hmm. this is wrong. I heard this. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I'm freaking out now. So, but I also feel like, you know, you have to be able to explore and make magic your own, because Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times when you're just following like all those little graphics and things, it's kind of robbing you of your own experience Mm -hmm. and figuring out what it means to you. And even though I do make a lot of those graphics, I still want people to know, like, Hey, this isn't like the absolute way, you know? Even totally. though you can choose crystals based on this, this, and this, you can, mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's totally up to you. Yeah.
0: And I think also that mentality comes from the patriarchal, traditional Western religion uh, practices. Like, why would we continue to? Uh, make spirituality inaccessible when that was the story for so long. You know, you had to go to the church in order to reach God. You had to- Be baptized. Be baptized. You had to do it a certain way. You had to, you know, follow all of these rules when in reality, I think that what I'm drawn to with this spiritual path is that I am the creator of my own reality, Mm -hmm. of my own faith- my own belief systems and no one can take that away from me. And no one has that power over me. So as we like have these conversations, like I think it's really important to continue to check ourselves, to make sure that we're not bringing Mm -hmm. in these structures, these systems that did not serve the whole, that did not serve the people and to allow ourselves to be liberated from these patterns because it's, you know, it's, more connected to the wildness of nature, more connected to earth-based religions. And I think that's more supportive for our culture, for our societies, for our, you know, personal lives, for our friends. And it's just, um, you know, just like a conversation that we need to continue to have. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. Especially too, as like people charge for certain things. Um, and I think that like, obviously you should be compensated for your time and your energy and your services and your goods. And that's like really important to have an energetic exchange. But I think that, um, you know, spirituality has been inaccessible for a lot of people due to financial reasons. And that's something that I don't want to see continued on through the, you know, this new century, this new worlds that we're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like with, you know, the age of Aquarius, I feel like, you know, people are, you know, just coming into their own and it's, it's cool to be different. It's fine to be different, you know, and people supporting that more. So hopefully we can just see that continue and progressing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, All right. Shady, I'm going to give you your next interview question. Chugging right along. Mm, What is your first memory of being sexual and of being erotic? And what is the difference between the two? Okay. So, (laughs) So I did
1: think about this a little bit. And it's interesting just noticing the difference between the two. Because when I try to think of my first sexual experience, honestly, I'm not... 100% sure Mm. what it was. I mean, I assume probably something in like high school with like my boyfriend at the time, but I don't really have strong emotions or that much memory of it. Not that much Mm -hmm. attached to it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of being erotic... I also am not sure if this is one of the first ones. I guess, like, slight inklings were with, like, Sailor Moon and then in Hercules when, like, Meg is being held against her will. I know I've said that in previous episodes, but I guess, like, those slight inklings. But I have a really embarrassing story. Oh, my yes. gosh. So, I got into, like, literotica and stuff <gasps> way before I started, like, watching porn or anything. So... Yeah, but it was, like, it was, like, pretty, like, hardcore, like, BDSM, like, very explicit, like, literotica. And I remember I would go on, like, the family computer, and I would just, you know, read a bunch of stuff, and... (laughs) There were there were some stories that, you know, I really, really liked that were really good. So I just would bookmark them
0: oh no. in
1: all of the favorites on like, you know, my mom or something's like AOL account. But she had like a bajillion bookmarks, like, like okay. hundreds, like hundreds. So mom's
0: not going to find it.
1: Well, I Uh-oh. thought I was being sneaky and I, I had saved it under like something that I thought was nondescript. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't just like the name of the story or anything like that it was probably like cute puppies or something like that I don't know. <laughs> and then oh my god my parents I remember they like called me like down one day and they they found it I don't know how I guess she wanted to see cute puppies too but it definitely yeah. was not cute puppies <gasps> and I just oh no. remember them being like so like what is this I don't think I had a good answer I think I was just like oh I don't know just spam question mark Ugh. don't know how that got there <laughs> so wow yeah i guess like the the lit erotica was very um yes erotic for me and i remember it a lot more i guess probably because of the thing with my parents too but i think like the main difference is that you know i'm very stimulated by mental things and mm-hmm. writing and all that and i feel like the mental aspect of you know erotic stuff made much more of an impression than just like the physical kind of fumbling
0: around, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe you brought up literotica.com because I also have that memory. Hey. When I was very young, probably like eight or nine or 10. Um, but wow, I just want to say like kids that didn't have a family computer growing up, <laughs> you will never know the anguish of trying to <laughs> do shady things on... <laughs> Your family computer, oh, like yeah, no, I, I remember switching tabs so fast,
1: right? Yeah, it's like nope X-ing nothing out. going on here. I'm just gonna remember this and save this for yeah. later.
0: Do you remember what the story was?
1: I don't remember the exact story there. I think there were a couple of them, but definitely things with like. Tying up and spanking, mm. maybe being, like, kept in cages and, mm. you know, acting like pets and stuff. I was much more into that um, when I was younger than I am, like, now. Interesting. Really the whole, like, pet thing and being owned. Still into, like, like degradation and things like that. But I would say, yeah, probably, I guess, less of the cages. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's been liberated. Yeah, I remember the one that I read was An Arranged Marriage, which was some fun power dynamics, you know, being taken away against your will and Mm -hmm. (laughs) forced to marry some really hot guy.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. like, I just don't know why those are like the the inklings, you know? You're just like, I don't know why I like this, but it's making me feel some type
0: of way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because it like connects to those – primal erotic memories you have of those cartoons too it's a very mm-hmm. similar trope that has carried through i'm i'm realizing for you <laughs>
1: yes yes it definitely has mm-hmm. and i have no idea why i'm yeah. trying to think more about childhood things and i'm just like maybe i felt you know, maybe my parents were like very strict so i felt like i wanted to i mm-hmm. don't
0: know, know yeah i think sometimes there's a reason and sometimes there's just it's just the way it is and also like perhaps it could be a past life thing. Mm-hmm. You never know. Maybe oh, yeah, there's your past some... life miss uh <laughs> serial killer. Oh my <laughs> gosh, yeah. I don't really know if I believe that past life reading I had I once. I don't know either. I really I just didn't feel super connected to it. I for everyone listening, I had a past life reading and I shared this with Shady and this was a couple years ago and yeah. apparently there was like many past lives this um person shared with me that I had, and one of them was like a serial killer kind of <laughs> like gal, and I just was like, okay, that's cool. I don't really feel that, but yeah, and then just I'm like... I'm sorry, but I'm just like, Toyska? A serial <laughs> killer? Like, what? I thought just so far know. out of left field, I'm like, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, caught me by surprise. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting reading. I'd be curious to see uh, what another past life reading person would share with me and if it would Mm -hmm. be the same. Um, But I really do love the Akashic Records um, belief system. If you guys don't know what that is, it's really interesting. And I highly suggest doing a YouTube wormhole researching the Akashic Records. Those are always good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what was your first memory of being sexual and erotic and the difference?
0: Yeah, so... You know, I think I had like an erotic experience before I had a sexual experience. And mm-hmm. for me, erotic feels more sensual and more connected yes. to my inner intimacy rather than wanting to relate to anyone. And I think it's more about connection, period. Um, but I remember like I I would take baths as a kid and, you know, I think it's really interesting how baths have been a conduit for my sexual expression and like my early like sexual awakenings. Um, but yeah, I was like probably like four or five years old and I had this like erotic feeling of like a snake inside me. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Whoa. And like, I remember I would like play pretend in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like telling my mom this and like now I'm like, Ooh, cringe. (laughs) But like, you're literally a child. And I had no idea what, right anything was, but I remember it feeling erotic and kind of just like playing make-believe in that, like, oh, I have a snake inside me kind of thing. But it's interesting because now I know that that perhaps could have been like a Kundalini energy. Mm-hmm. So Kundalini life force energy manifests as a serpent in your spine. And so that was really interesting for me to um, reflect upon and that memory. And, uh, I often do like meditations with that serpent energy for sex magic now. So it's, it's fun full circle. Um, but my first sexual experience, I think, hmm, I also had online adventures. I don't Mm -hmm. remember where, how, what, but like, i met someone in like an online chat room mm-hmm. and we would have cyber sex, but it was a girl. And I remember mm-hmm. like that turning me on so much. And it also made me feel a little shameful because like I wasn't quite ready to, you know, accept that I was into both women and men when I was like, you know, 10 or 11, 12. Um, but I do remember we had like an ongoing like I wouldn't say relationship, but like connection for like at least a couple of months. And like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if it was a woman at all. Um, I don't know who they were. And I wonder where they, yeah. Oh, (laughs) exactly that. It was ASL. We were chatting on AIM. That was Mm -hmm. the thing. And I wonder where they are now and I hope they're doing great. Um, but, yeah, that, that was really beautiful. But I've mentioned this on the pod. I think, like, my first, like, physical sexual experience was with the bathtub faucet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so that's, like, that really lovely connection to water and um, the element of water connecting me to my feminine and to my erotic sexual self, which is fun. Gotta love water. You love water. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, on the, on the topic of sexuality, I'm curious, uh, what do you want to cultivate more of in your personal erotic and sexual life? I would say I want to cultivate more openness and
1: just sensuality in the everyday because um, I feel like oftentimes I'll let you know like getting to an orgasm be everything or like, mm-hmm. you know, if we start kissing them, that needs to like end in sex. And like, mm-hmm. I guess I want to just be, I don't know, not so goal oriented. Yeah. yeah. Just like sometimes you just want to make out, you mm-hmm.
0: know? Oh, making out is the best. <laughs> I can't wait to make out with so many people once everything opens up and is safe. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a great, It's a great goal to have to not be so goal-oriented with sex. And that's like something I think we can all come back to for sure. Mm -hmm. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, I feel like I don't like putting my mind on that trajectory because Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes everything feel very pressurized and intense and it doesn't need to be, like, so built up. Like, I just want to have, I guess, more, like, spontaneous kind of, like, casual instances of things and not my mind immediately rushing to, oh, okay, like, now it has to lead to this. Yeah,
0: I think because our our sexuality is really connected to our nervous system, Mm -hmm. having expectations put upon us can induce stress, and that's really not conducive for, like, true sexual expression and, like, a really like, flow kind of way.
1: Well, yeah, I think it takes you out of, like, or it kind of keeps you, I guess, like, in your own head. I guess if you're worrying about, you know, someone else's pleasure, too, that it makes it really hard for you to yeah. connect to yours. Yeah, so. being
0: in your head and not in your body during sex is is really challenging. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what, what do you want to cultivate more of?
0: Hmm, well, hmm. You know, this is probably one of the first times that I really haven't felt as sexual. Same. Um, and that's Same. okay. I've had a lot of stress because a really close family member of mine has been ill and I've been taking care of them. And so I really haven't been in a place to be in that headspace. And sure. also we're still in COVID times and I'm a single gal. So I also really want to be safe and... Um, you know, it is it is interesting, but I would really love to cultivate more inner intimacy. Something I've been wanting to do is have a daily self touch ritual, mm-hmm. um, not self pleasure, but just like physical touch. Um, maybe like with some body oil that's like infused with botanicals for you know more sensuality. Yeah, you know, I think that like it's it's just a really interesting time and what I've been really proud of is how I've been coping with all of it and how I've been mm-hmm. really proactive and really um, positive with how how I've just been handling it all. So, you know, I think that, like, my what I would love is to have more clarity on what I want soon, but mm-hmm. also continue to cultivate that love for myself and that really sacred sensual connection with myself right now. And I think that that's more than enough to chew on.
1: That is definitely more than enough. And I feel like, yeah, you don't have to have everything figured out right away. I feel like there's you know, the need to be firing, like, on all cylinders and, like, all aspects of life. And it's, like, you know, you're not feeling as sexual, like, sometimes that's fine. Like, mm-hmm, like you said, it's mm-hmm. it's very weird times right now. But I feel like, yeah, just doing more to kind of drop into my senses. Like, I feel yeah. like the whole massage thing is good, too, just because normally I have, like, a bunch of different hobbies that I get, like, a lot of pleasure from. And I feel like just over the past year, they've kind of just whittled down to – Basically nothing but just like work and then chillin. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, you know, maybe I've kind of like numbed myself or, you know, desensitized mm-hmm. myself to a lot of stuff and I feel like I need to bring more feeling you know, physical feeling back into my everyday. There's a lot of mental stuff going on for sure. A lot of mental energy being expended, but I feel like the physical too, like I'm not even like, like even my exercise I've been super slacking on, Mm. like even going on a daily walk. So I feel like I need to really move my body. And that's always been a challenge for me, like doing that consistently. I feel like normally I just want to be like, still and Mm -hmm. not do it, but I need to cultivate that inner discipline and, you know, just get moving because it affects so much.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's really important to stay embodied in these times because I think personally, I notice when I check out physically, it suppresses in my body and it manifests as physical pain. Like something that I noticed the past couple of months is that a lot of the stress I've had has been stored in my back so much. I've never had any sort of pain like that like where it was just like whoa like I actually have tension in my muscles and like I've definitely had sore you know a sore back at some point you know from whatever but this was the first time where it was like an ongoing thing and I decided to get acupuncture and mm-hmm. I did cupping for the first time Ooh. last week, which was so helpful. And I feel so much better. So yeah, just like having uh the awareness of the self and mm-hmm. then taking actions to t- tend to the self, I uh, think the is actions always get mm-hmm. me. I-, I
1: say this as I'm sitting on like this like little cushion to like help my back because <laughs> it's been in pain, but yeah, I'm just, how do I cultivate that inner discipline? Like, I I guess I just have to do it. I just have to grow up and I have to do it.
0: Exerting your will. Oh, God.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, in some ways, I feel like I have a lot of willpower. I have the mental willpower, not the physical, though. But I live in this, you know, physical body. Well, so. it, all,
0: it all starts from the mind, you know, so...
1: Yeah, I got to do it when I wake up because otherwise I'm going to just make a million excuses not to. But mm-hmm. how was the cupping, by the way? Because I am interested in, like, the sensations around that. Like, I've seen photos and I can see it, like, feeling really yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, but- it was really cool. So... I love this place in Los Angeles. Big shouts to Universal Family Wellness. They are sliding scale, really affordable, very inclusive, really knowledgeable about like people's gender expressions, and just like really on top of that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so. I have been going to this acupuncturist for like over a year now because of the issues I had with my jaw last year. And he really mm-hmm. helped with like the TMJ. But the cupping was really cool. And he explained it as um, it's a massage in reverse.
1: Massage in reverse. Basically. So, putting it to- so
0: rather than kneading into the muscles, the, the cups act as a way to suction. Pull it out. And pull it up. And then you move the cups around your back. Oh my God, I love that. It's really cool. And you get really cool marks on your back. And as, you know, masochist, bruise lover baby over here, like, I just was like, ooh, I've got bruises on my back. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was really cool because like, I think the intention is to move stagnant energy, help with, um, you know, like lymphatic drainage mm-hmm. also muscle tension and it's heated so they right. heat the cups put it on your back it sucks up your your skin and all the stuff and then he like moved it around my back and it was really cool I feel
1: like I need that because I feel like yeah just unpacking like very very tense muscles that probably haven't moved in like certain directions in a long time like yeah. that sounds great
0: yeah I would definitely uh, recommend it <laughs> Yeah, but I think like, this is something we go back to on this podcast a lot is just like the cyclical nature of our sexuality. And, um, you know, I think like for me, I'm really patient with my sexuality and how I express that. But I really do want to always have a really good relationship with my erotic. I think that having an ongoing connection to my erotic energy and to my erotic identity, like every day is really important for just my life. So,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for people to be aware of that too I feel like if you just take like a few minutes to sit down and think about it because I feel like it can feel so nebulous and abstract when it's like what do I want to do with my mm-hmm. erotic or sensual or sexual energy you mm-hmm. know it's so easy to just be like ah, I don't want to think about it right now I don't mm-hmm. want to figure it out but I feel like when you do sit down and you just kind of you know let it come to you don't put pressure on yourself I feel like you mm-hmm. know you can get guidance quite easily mm-hmm. in the direction and then you can take the action
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> um, I've seen you kind of, uh, explore your erotic identity over the years. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like what have been some of the fun moments for you with your erotic identity and how has it manifested and maybe like, where, where is it now kind of tapping into like the personas and the archetypes and all that?
1: Right. I would say, Hmm. I feel like you've kind of seen, you know, me come out in different ways. Um, <laughs> okay, that sounded strange. <laughs> but um, I guess in terms of like getting into all of like the BDSM stuff, just kind of realizing that, you know, I was much more dumb than I thought. I feel like growing up, I was always very much submissive. I was like, oh, I never really wanted to dom a dude. Like, I'm totally not into that. But um, now I feel like I'm very much switch. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that I'm... More Dom or more sub. I think because like the Dom is a little bit more new and fresh, I'm kind of like, oh, this is like fun. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, it really just depends on the person because there are some people that I don't want a DOM at all. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. there are some people that I really enjoy like subbing for. And if they can do both, then that's really, really fun. <laughs> because I just, you know, I don't like being locked into mm. any certain role. Like when it gets to be predictable, I just completely disengage. Mm-hmm. So I like an element of not knowing, but um it can be kind of confusing for other people, I think, that yeah. you know aren't as switchy. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Venus and Aries. <laughs> <yes>.
1: <laughs> and Mars and Gemini. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say right now I'm very much switched, but Um, Like you had mentioned before, I'm still kind of I'm not feeling super sexual right now, to Mm -hmm. be honest. So I don't think I've done that much work in terms of, you know, exploring that further. I I really like the whole predator prey dynamic, too, which kind of goes (laughs) along with the dom sub. Mm. Uh, But I do like the whole kind of like primal, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, I guess themes.
0: Yeah. Mm, Primal is very fun. I'm glad I had an introduction to primal play this past year or so.
1: Yeah, you've like done like a you've gone on a totally different trajectory, <laughs> which it's just been amazing to like see. I feel like you've gone through a lot of personal transformations just in the past year and other yeah. things with your like sexual identity too.
0: Yeah, totally. It's um Oh, it's a never-ending journey, this sexual identity exploration. Um, but yeah, I would identify as a switch now as well. And I think I've been cultivating a relationship with the part of myself that is drawn to the taboo kinks mm-hmm. and drawn to um, all of that. And there's also a part of me that's curious about traditional Stuff. Like, I'm really Mm -hmm. curious about monogamy now that I'm single and I'm starting to feel ready to uh, develop a relationship with someone eventually, someday soon. I'm curious. I've only been in poly dynamics. Therefore, I wonder what monogamy is like. And I think I might give it a go. <laughs> I love that you're like open to that, though, because I feel like <laughs> yeah. some
1: people would just be like, no, like only poly for me. That's the only way I see it, which is that's totally fine, too. But I feel like just seeing you be just seeing you be so open to, you know, just complete, you know. 180s of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like maybe i could like you know do some dom stuff or yeah. you know maybe i could be just monogamous so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see what happens as well yeah. how the story unfolds
0: and i definitely want to start offering like sex magic experiences for people mm-hmm. and i think that's something i'll start doing with uh maybe friends, friends of friends, one-on-one, but I feel really called to start like cultivating, creating space for people to have that experience, especially once things open up and I can do that safely post COVID life. Um, but I think like taking on the role of high priestess and Mm -hmm. temple priestess is something that I, um, I've, I've kind of done in various forms, um, but I'm curious to see like what that next evolution will be like for me. So, so yeah, yeah. I think there will be a lot of opportunities
1: when everything you know opens back up. Mm-hmm. I feel like people really do want the connection, and yes. you know, I know that. I know that it's coming. It's just you know, I know. Waiting for we're it. on mm-hmm.
0: the cusp of a renaissance. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I know me too. <laughs>
1: it'll be it'll be so interesting to see how you know, just social dynamics and things are, because I feel it'll kind of be like two groups of people. Like, I feel like there'll be some people that, you know, maybe the introverts who are just like, you know, like actually not seeing anyone was totally fine. I'm just like, not going to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the extroverts are going to be like, yes, go
0: out all the time. Yep, yep. I'm actually really surprised at how much of an introvert I actually am. Mm -hmm. like wow had no idea thank you pandemic for teaching me that lesson (laughs) um but no I'm really excited to go to a dungeon and go to Mm -hmm. you know circle again and go do really weird stuff with my friends all over yes we need a (laughs) Katie and Leah date we've got to go to a dungeon or something I know I'm thinking
1: (laughs) back of all the things that we went to and I'm just like what a
0: time what a strange time I know what a strange time do you remember that British guy we met? I was, that's exactly who I was thinking of.
1: Oh my god,
0: our Game of Thrones hottie. Yes, <laughs> that's all I'll say.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. The what was what that stuff called that you put on yourself and you light on Like the devil's the devil's paint or something? No.
0: Do you remember what?
1: Okay, I just remember that British guy or something. He was telling us about like how he was into like fire play where you'd put this like you put wow. this stuff on your body and then you would like light it on fire some type of liquid what? and it was called like the devil's something i swear but. wow
0: okay i don't remember this but now i really want to research that's i know interesting. i think that's what
1: we should do mm.
0: <laughs> i did meet a girl recently who has a snake and that was really cool mm-hmm. and i got to hold her snake and i think she does fire play too Speaking of fire play, and I feel like that would be really fun to go to the desert yeah. and play Smakes with fire. In the fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm into mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's been really wonderful interviewing you. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess next time maybe we could let our listeners ask the questions and we mm. could have an interview where the listeners interview us i like that i Mm -hmm. like that idea but we also do a live q a every month in our um patreon so maybe when this comes out we could do a live q a together that sounds good yeah that could be fun um so thank you all for tuning in and i love you and goodbye see you next week (laughs) (laughs) the sex magic podcast is more than just a podcast We are a collective, a community, a conversation. If what we do here resonates with you, I'd like to invite you to join us on Patreon. But what even is Patreon? It's an online platform where you can directly support artists and creators. In exchange, you receive exclusive benefits. It's a direct form of energetic exchange. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, we have some incredible monthly benefits such as live Q&As where you can ask us questions every month and tune in to get them all answered. We also have an incredible Discord community where you can connect with other people around the world and talk about things within the realm of sexuality and spirituality, along with monthly resources, rituals, tarot insight, and crystal guides to help further your spiritual path. So if you'd like to support us and Show us how much you appreciate the work that we do with the sex magic podcast. I invite you to check out our Patreon. We have the link down in the show notes, but you can also go on patreon.com slash sex magic podcast.